Hey there, and thanks for joining us for another Health Essentials Podcast. I'm John Horton, your host. Today, we're going to talk about a pretty fiery topic, heartburn. Let's start with some basic facts. When it comes to heartburn, there's an inferno raging across the United States. An estimated 60 million Americans deal with a five-alarm fire in their chest at least once a month. For 15 million people, it's a daily flare-up. So is there any way to make that stop? That's what we're going to find out from gastroenterologist Claire Beveridge, who answered our 911 call to douse those internal flames. Dr. Beveridge is one of the many experts at Cleveland Clinic who pop into our weekly podcast to offer tips to help you live a bit healthier. Now, let's see if we can turn down the heat on your heartburn. Dr. Beveridge, thank you so much for joining us today. It's, it's great having you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. So as we heard at the start, with, with the numbers that we see as far as people who have heartburn, I'd imagine this is a pretty common thing that you hear uh, in the office. I do. I do. We, you know, we see reflux in up to 30% of patients. And in my clinic, since I'm, you know, mostly seeing swallowing issues and reflux issues, more than half of my patients definitely come to me with heartburn complaints. Wow. Well, that's, that's a lot. So given, given, uh, how popular this question is, let's dive, uh, let's dive right in and, uh, let's hit the two big issues. I mean, one, what causes heartburn and is it avoidable? So what causes heartburn is, you know, the valve between your food pipe and the stomach gets weak. And so then, you know, food and liquid can come back up. And that's what causes that acid feeling and the heartburn and the regurgitation feeling that can happen. In terms of what causes that weakness in the valve, sometimes we don't fully know why. But some things that we see is, you know, with older age, with more weight, um, other conditions like being pregnant, those can all be associated conditions. Yeah. So, so how does that happen? It just, I mean, that, that valve just kind of gets like, like any other valve, I guess it just gets weak over time. Yeah, you know, muscles can get weak over time and then it just won't keep a nice barrier there for the food and liquid to stay in the stomach. Well, it's hard to believe that there's something that just that keeps it down. I guess you don't think of your body working that way. Is there just a natural process where it, it, it does kind of keep everything in that lower part where you want it to be? Yeah. So, you know, the esophagus is really just a food pipe, right? So it just, you know, it does have some contraction to it and muscles to it. But for the most part, it just works by gravity to allow food and liquid to come down. But at the end of the food pipe, you do have the valve right there, which, you know, the the tone there and the pressure there can be supported by a few other things like your diaphragm and your stomach to kind of help keep that tone there so it prevents things from coming back up. Okay. Um, you had mentioned age and that's something I know when, uh, when I was younger, I mean, I, I had no problems. I could eat anything and, and never, never felt any heartburn. And now it seems like the older I get, the more you have that, like, you know, oof, every once in a while, what's the, what's the reason for that? Yeah. You know, it's probably a couple different reasons, but you know, just as with everything, as we get older, you know, some of the muscles just get weaker. So that valve is going to get weaker. And then it's not uncommon to gain some weight as we get older also. So when you have this pressure on the outside, that's pushing on your stomach, 
sometimes that'll lead to the food not just going down into your intestines, but actually coming back up into the food pipe. Okay. Are there other things? That I, I heard um, medications. Are, can that be an issue with it? Um, some medications can relax the sphincter there. You know, other things that can contribute would be, you know, if you have slow emptying of the stomach, something called gastroparesis, that, you know, if the stomach just isn't able to empty as quickly as it used to, then things are hung up in the stomach and then it's going to go the path of least resistance, which sometimes means coming back up. Oh, and, and nobody wants that. So, 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 so how can we avoid it? I mean, are, are there some tips that, that you can offer to kind of help keep heartburn at, at bay for people? Yeah, you know, I think that one of the biggest thing is lifestyle changes. So, you know, you know, weight can contribute. And then for some patients, they also realize that certain foods or things that they drink may trigger that heartburn feeling. And if that's something that they can avoid in their life and makes their symptoms go away, then to try to avoid those. So some things that can do it would be caffeine, mint, carbonated beverages, alcoholic beverages, spicy foods, things with citrus or acid. So red sauces are a classic thing that I hear about. Um, and then um, also just as we were talking about how the food pipe works by gravity. So, you know, being careful with when you lay down after eating or drinking. So we say to, you know, try to hold off on that for about two to three hours after eating or drinking before you recline or to even try to keep your head a little bit elevated um, to kind of allow at least some gravity to help with things staying in the stomach. Yeah. So scrap that post-meal nap for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or sit upright in your post-meal nap in your recliner. That's doable too. My <laughs> grandfather used to be able to fall asleep in a chair perfectly upright. So yeah, I don't know how exactly. he did it, but he had mastered that move. Um, you know, you had mentioned like as far as with those foods and whatever, is there an age where where it starts to hit you a little bit more or is it just, it can be different for anybody? It can be different for anybody. Um, so, you know, it's really just listening to your body and seeing about that. And I rarely recommend a full elimination of the reflux diet just because it's, you know, quality of life isn't very good with that. And we know that eliminating all the things that could possibly cause your heartburn is not necessarily effective, but instead to keep an eye on what is your specific food trigger. So maybe red sauce is fine for you, but spicy food is not good or fatty foods are not good. So just keeping an eye on what you eat and when you feel the symptoms. And I take it, you know, when it happens, like it, it's a pretty immediate response. It's a pretty immediate effect. Yes. Okay. So if Taco Tuesday is bugging you, you're going to know right away. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, since everybody's looking for a quick fix, um, what sort of medications are there out there that you can take to kind of, kind of tamp those flames down a bit? Yeah. I definitely have some patients who, you know, they know their food triggers, but it's not something that they're going to be able to avoid in their diet just because of family reasons or they just really like the food. So, yeah, sometimes medications have a really nice role in terms of controlling heartburn, and it depends on how frequently your symptoms are happening. So if it's an occasional, then using over-the-counter antacids or using things like famotidine or ranitidine can be really helpful. 
either as needed or preemptively, you know, 10 to 20 minutes before you have your trigger food. If it's something that's happening more frequently for you and is on a weekly or maybe daily basis, then taking a daily medication like the proton pump inhibitors. So omeprazole, pantoprazole, those kinds of medications. Okay. Is there a risk of overdoing it? I know you talk, you hear about people taking uh, Prilosec and, and, and Pepsid and things like that. I mean, can, can you, can you overdo it too? You can't overdo it. Um, I mean, the way that I always think about it is don't take a medication if you don't need it, right? So I really like to focus for patients on only taking medications if it's really causing symptoms and it's something that you need. There are a lot of concerns when it comes to proton pump inhibitors specifically. You know, you go on Google and you research it and all of a sudden you hear, oh gosh, dementia, kidney problems, all of these issues that can happen with proton pump inhibitors. There's a really big difference between something being associated and something causing it. So just as we were talking about, as we get older, it's really common to get reflux. But also as we get older, it's really common to get kidney problems and dementia and other issues. You know, bone loss is another major concern that I hear about. There was a really nice study that was done in 2019 to see, do these medications actually cause these problems? And they followed patients over three years and didn't see that those medications cause any of those issues, except for maybe a slight increased risk of getting GI bugs or enteric infections. Okay. All right. For, for those who don't know, what is a proton pump inhibitor? Mm -hmm. So the proton pump inhibitors are those medications that you're referring to, the Prilosec, the Omeprazole, the Pantoprazole, those kinds of medications that you can get over the counter, but can also be prescribed for you by your doctor. And it's the stronger medication than the, you know, ranitidine, famotidine, um, and it's something that you would take every day, not as needed. Okay. Wow. Okay. So that's it. And that would be something, are those over the counter or are those just prescription? They are over the counter. Uh, they can also be prescribed prescription. Um, and, you know, what I tell patients is that it takes two weeks to feel any benefit from that medication and eight weeks to feel maximum benefit. So not to give up too quickly. And it's also really important how you take the medication. We say to take it on an empty stomach, but eat something 30 to 60 minutes later. So I say generally 30 minutes before breakfast, 30 minutes before dinner, if you're taking it twice a day. Okay. All right. When should somebody reach out to their doctor? Because it sounds like a lot of people struggle with this and, and probably just do it at home. Is there a point where you, you really need to talk to somebody and, and try to find a better solution? Yeah, really good question. In general, you should always feel comfortable talking with your doctor about any symptom that you're having, even if you feel like it's a nothing symptom. But the times that I would definitely recommend to talk with your doctor about it is when you feel that it's particularly severe or it's happening frequently, that you're really needing to pop those antacids, those over-the-counter medications. It's happening weekly, daily. It's disrupting your sleep. Other times that it's really important to talk with your doctor would be, you know, if this is the first time you're noticing these symptoms over the age of 60, um, if you're having difficulty with swallowing, meaning something is getting stuck or slowly moving down, if you're having any signs of bleeding, like red or black in the stool, those would be some times to definitely talk with your doctor. I, can, can heartburn be a sign of, of, of something a little more severe, like a, a symptom, a little warning signal? It can. It, you know, it can be a sign of... Um, 
you know, other conditions. So heartburn doesn't have to be caused by reflux. It could be caused by, you know, just as we were saying, your stomach emptying slowly, maybe that gastroparesis, an allergic condition of the esophagus called eosinophilic esophagitis. Um, it could even, while well, rarely, but it can be associated with cancer. Okay. But this is where you want to put people's minds at ease. I think the majority of cases, it's just you probably overdid it a bit on the, uh, on, on the spicy sauce on your, uh, on your tacos or pasta or whatever you're eating. Majority of times it's, you know, related to, you know, food, having reflux, and even some of those other conditions I was talking about, you know, the slow emptying, the allergic condition, those are benign conditions, but require different types of treatments than the over-the-counter antacids. So get an understanding of it, pay attention to it, but just, uh, yeah, and then live, live on. <laughs> yes, yes. So, you know, generally what we say is, you know, if someone has the classic symptoms of reflux um, without those kind of warning signs that I was talking about, you know, the weight loss, the difficulty with swallowing, we often just try the medications first. And if the medications work, wonderful. We've done our job. We continue to follow you. If it doesn't work, then that's a time that we need to investigate a little further to see, is it another disease that may be causing your symptoms and how can we help you with that? That's great advice, Dr. Beveridge. Um, we, we've covered so much ground here. Is there anything that we missed or anything you want to add? I would just say, you know, don't be shy talking with your doctor about heartburn. And then um, to, you know, the main things that I see can really help in terms of these symptoms would be those lifestyle changes. So weight loss takes a while, right? But other things that you can do that can have some more immediate effect would be avoiding your food triggers, would be keeping your head of bed elevated at night, avoiding lying down those two to three hours after eating or drinking, and then the timing of medications. I'll have patients who come to me saying that their proton pump inhibitor, that pantoprazole, that Prilosec isn't working for them. And then we talk about the timing to take it on an empty stomach and eat something 30 to 60 minutes later. And then they come back to me and they tell me that they're fixed and they feel better. So timing is really, really important. Dr. Beveridge, thank you so much for joining us today and making some time in your schedule and uh, look forward to talking with you again. Thank you so much for having me. Bye-bye. Heartburn definitely qualifies as one of the hottest issues we've covered here on the podcast. If you're dealing with a condition, hopefully the advice from Dr. Beveridge can help cool things down a bit. Till next time, be well. Thank you for listening to Health Essentials, brought to you by Cleveland Clinic and Cleveland Clinic Children's. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or visit clevelandclinic.org slash HE podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician.